Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to learn about investing in commercial properties. We get the best people in the industry to give you straightforward and practical advice that you can actually use in your investing. And in today's episode, we are going to be covering senior assisted living. Why is this asset class an interesting asset class? What makes for a good operator? What are the challenges in this space? We are talking with Adapia De Rico. She is a principal and the VP of strategy at Alpha Investing, a real estate private equity firm that offers multifamily, senior housing and affordable housing commercial real estate opportunities to their network of private capital investors. We're breaking down this interview into two episodes because Arapia has a ton of experience in a couple of different areas of commercial real estate investing, and she's going to share some great information with us. Here we go. Adapia, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you. You have some news and we have a lot to talk about. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, thanks, Stephanie. Thanks very much for having me. Let's see. I think the best way to introduce myself is professionally. I am a principal and VP of strategy at a real estate private equity firm called Alpha Investing. And uh, we syndicate affordable housing, multifamily, and certain senior living uh, investment opportunities to our private capital network. So we work with a very select group of sponsors that we highly vet, and then we underwrite a lot of different opportunities and bring about nine or 10 a year. So we're very selective. We're very picky. We bring those to our network and and we're able to raise capital um, for these projects. So these days we're writing four to $10 million checks. So a lot of times we're the primary or sole LP partner to our operators. It's been a very fun past few years. I joined in 2018. And before that, I was actually one of the people who helped to, I guess, launch real estate crowdfunding back when it was getting started in 2013. I joined one of the very early firms as a founding member. And really, I was an evangelist for the industry. So I've been in online capital raising real estate syndication since about 2013. And prior to that, my, my background generally is in financial planning, financial services, and, and investing. And you guys mainly focus on senior leaving, right? Why did you decide to focus on this asset class? Well, like our portfolio, just because of the amount of deals in multifamily is primarily multifamily, but we do focus on senior living acquisitions. So what we don't do anything that's development. And I think a lot of times if we think about senior living, we're probably thinking development because we know that demographically speaking, there is this silver tsunami. There are 10,000 people a day turning 65. And you know, there's this expectation that by 2030, actually the entire baby boomer generation will be 65. And that's 21% of the US population. So that's a lot of people needing senior living. So you, there's a lot of development. We're actually focused with the sponsors that we work with on acquisitions. It's part of our business plan. We like in-place cash flows. We like value add. We like the yield. And 
I have yet to meet another firm that works in senior living acquisitions the way that we do with our sponsors. And the reason is there are opportunities. The challenge is that there are very few sponsors that can execute at the level that we're seeking because it's a very fragmented industry for what is in place. It might surprise a lot of people to learn that a lot of senior living facilities, because they tend to be smaller unless they're like big institutional facilities, are run a little bit in that mom and pop space. And um, there's no real efficiencies economically or operationally. And a lot of those, a lot of that has actually been um, highlighted in, in, you know, through throughout the pandemic, where it's been challenging for a lot of smaller operators to really keep up with with what's been going on, because they lack the infrastructure to do so. So we see a lot of opportunity in the space because of the demographics, because of the way that people are seeking to change the way that that they live. There's a lot of options as we age. There's aging in place, there's independent living. And so where we are focused is actually on assisted living and memory care. And we don't necessarily go up the acuity scale to skilled nursing. We have done, but generally we're looking at assisted living and, and memory care. There's a need there where the residents that would have to stay in these places don't or cannot age in place in their home. And they don't want to live in, you know, they're not long-term care that they have to live at a hospital or or a, a bigger type of an institution. They're looking for something that, that feels a little more personal, feels a little more like home. As the firm that is fundraising and looking for an operator and a good, really good property, what do you look for in the operator to partner up with? Yeah, so um, that's a really great question. And what we're looking for in an operator um, is, let's say, a lot of experience. So the the operator that we're currently working with, and we've done 18 deals with them thus far. I mean, they're a national company. They have the reach. They have the operational capabilities. They have in-house management. So I would say vertically integrated is really important. So not just a sponsor that wants to purchase the building because, you know, they think it's great cash flow or they're, you know, they're going to, you know, flip it at a profit later. The management of the operations is really important. So we like sponsors that are also operating because that vertical integration is really important to fully realize the value that's in the transaction. Because it's not just the real estate and yes, there's cash flows, but you can really add value and you can maximize those cash flows through a reduction of expenses, through making sure that occupancy is stable and steady, which is one of the biggest challenges in this space is occupancy in addition to uh, labor. So there really has to be an understanding of how to operate it. There has to be an understanding of the local area as well, because although you might think, well, you can just apply one big giant national brand to something like senior living. The truth is, is that you you actually can't. And that's just kind of proven out where it's very localized. And so there needs to be a, like an understanding of that local market, how it operates, who's there. So a lot of a lot of research needs to go in, into that. So our sponsor that we currently work with, and we're evaluating a couple of other ones, they understand this. And primarily, they have a depth of expertise 
in a vertically integrated management uh, of, of senior living. And that's why they're so hard to find because there are so few who, who actually know how to do this. So there are some newer sponsors that, that have been starting to build this portfolio, to build their capabilities over time. Um, and those are very interesting to us as well, because we can get on board with them a little bit earlier in their life cycle. So where, for example, on our with our multifamily, um, our operators, at a minimum, they have a billion of AUM or transactional experience. So we set a very high bar for that. That may not be appropriate or even possible in the senior living space. So we understand there's flexibility there. So we're really looking at their expertise, their ability to understand the various moving parts. This is far more complex than a multifamily operation. I can only imagine, <laughs> and that's a great segue into my next question for you. What are the challenges in this space? Yeah, the, the challenges, some of them have really been highlighted because of COVID. You know, some of the challenges arise from maintaining the expenses within range and COVID really exacerbated expenses in multiple ways. I mean, just PPE alone was a much bigger expense, like all the extra safety and, and medical equipment that was required. Labor is a big thing. There are some, some facilities that really were unable to keep it all together because they couldn't keep staff for various reasons. And although, you know, COVID it was a very acute thing to happen to, to the industry. It did highlight some weakness there and the importance of labor, the importance of the staff and their safety, right? And mm -hmm. so you have your nurses and your people walking away because they don't feel safe. Your residents are not getting care. This is a people business at the end of the day. I mean, we're, in, we're investors and, and, and everything like that. But I mean, you need to place a primary focus on the quality of life of the residents. And that's something that, that we know our operator does and is really important to us when we invest with somebody because that piece right there is what's, how do I say this? Sometimes like that's the thing that's forgotten mm -hmm. is the people that are there and it's not okay. For I'll, I'll give you an example from, from our operator one, when COVID hit, they were they really doubled down on staff and making sure that the staff was doing well so that the residents were doing well. And so they were buying them lunches, you know, they were really taking care of them. They were helping them with like schooling their children, just whatever they could do to make sure that they were okay. Because if they're that's okay, awesome. the residents are okay, right? Yeah. yeah. It's really heartwarming. And that's the right way to do it. And if you are you know, a smaller operator that that's running on a really thin margin, maybe like you're buying your own groceries, which is, which is true. Some people do that. They just go to the grocery store and they're buying groceries instead of having a system where you can manage expenses because that's the other piece of it is all of these other expenses that come operationally. Food is a big expense. And that's like a simple one to think about. You might not think about it, but like if you're just going to the grocery store twice a week, like that's not really efficient. How, like, how's that, how does that work? And, and so simple things like that, like having certain systems in place that really helps with the expenses and then obviously the most important is going to be occupancy is sure. is your residence and so there, there's challenges across all three of those categories and the occupancy especially now is going to be function of do people feel safe which goes back to how are you spending 
And what are you doing to ensure not just their health and longevity, but their safety that that's become paramount through the pandemic? It sounds like an asset class with a ton of moving parts. And also at the same time, it sounds like a great time to get into it from what I'm gathering. It's a great time. And look, we can put it this, this way, like historically senior living has some of the strongest performance relative to other asset classes. You know, senior living's actually outperformed every other asset class over the past 10 years, except for industrial. Industrial at times, or industrial has actually generated higher returns in a one, three, and five-year period, but senior living's outperformed everything over the past 10 years. And even though, you know, the question is like the impact from COVID-19, how is it going to affect returns? There's going to be, and there has been, and there is some short-term pressure, but you really can't ignore and you can't unsee the demographics over the next 10 years. Well, this was super helpful. Thank you for enlightening us into the senior living space. We will continue this interview in the next episode and chat about fundraising. Make sure to subscribe to our super sweet and straightforward newsletter at montecarlorei.com on top of the page. And I would love to thank one of our latest reviewers, someone that I actually met through the podcast, Austin AceDude333. Incredibly informative and gives me confidence to take action. If you plan on getting into commercial real estate, this podcast is an absolute must. Steph shares a huge wealth of knowledge that ties together baseline educational content with her own real-world experience elegantly and efficiently. Her weekly podcasts feature high-profile, reputable guests that offer a multitude of valuable perspectives relating to the market today. I'm very grateful to Steph for sharing her knowledge in this podcast and her inspiration and impact on me and all of her listeners. Thank you. Well, thank you, Austin, for thinking of reviewing this podcast. I really appreciate it. And this is for anyone. If you guys are ever interested in any particular topic, please do let me know. You can contact me through the website, montecarlorei.com. And I'll be more than happy to cover any commercial topic you guys are interested in. So please do reach out and I will see you next time.